0: What is up, guys? Welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. Brad. K pasa? That's Steven. Yes. What is up? What is up? What's up with yes. you? Uh, I saw Steve Earle last night. It was awesome. Yeah, That's, man. Um,
1: he's, he's, he's good. I, he's I think so I told good. you I know his manager, and I keep
0: meaning to go see him. But He's playing next week. He's doing a residency at City Winery. He's doing one next Monday. Uh,
1: okay. You next time, if you want to go again, let me know. I might I'm go not. next week. All right. I should go.
2: Okay. I would like to see him. Yeah, he's amazing. I would like to get him on the podcast and talk about nothing but the wire. I've, I'm I'm working on it. I've been working on it for three years though, so. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're. It pays off the people you get.
0: Yeah, it's fun when when it pays off when
2: someone you've been trying to get for like years finally comes through. Yeah, dude. I can't. I can't even imagine the stuff that you have to go through to get these people. And I like the fact that they come on basically because they go, "Oh yeah, you're cool." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's fun. It's been, yeah, it's been good. Good experience.
2: It kind of puts the, uh, you know, in a nice way, lets the air out of how, like, bookings work. You know what I mean? Because it always boils down to, do I like you, the booker? Like, like, my wife, Trish, like, she's been booking people for years. And she would get, you know, bands on because the label would go, ah, I like you, I'll bring them on. You know what I mean? Consequently, I know someone who worked in the talk show vein and, like, there are certain people like that they would refuse to have on like certain like e correspondents or all access people, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause they're like, no, 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 no. And you just hear these stories about, no, stay away. It's weird. It's almost like this petty high school thing, but it's just literally boils down to, are you cool? Can you hang? Can you not be a douche? Yeah.
0: Well, it's also like, this isn't really my job. So it's like if people cancel or like they can't do it, it's like, I don't have to like tell like my boss, like, Hey, it's like, it doesn't really matter. I'm just like, I'll go home. It's
3: like the last time we tried
0: to do this, one of the guests canceled. One of them overslept. I was here for like four hours and we didn't get anything done. I was like, "Yeah."
1: It's like you're the you know you're you, you don't really care. It's like when you're going after a girl and you don't really care, and then she wants you really wants you more. That's how you are with guests. You're like, "Eh." You can come on my podcast. Yeah, you know, that actually is exactly <laughs> what
0: happened because one of our guests didn't show up and I was like, I wanted them to come on, but it was no big deal. And then as time went by, I was like, well, should I just stay? And I stayed for like an hour. Like, they weren't responding to me. Like, the more I wasn't hearing for them, the more I was like, no, I need this. <laughs> Which is like, I feel like, yeah, that's how it can be with girls.
1: No, I'm saying I- you...
0: My dad totally miss a point on that. Yeah, like okay.
1: When you when you're maybe. totally cool towards a girl, then they're then they're attracted to you. That's when they want like when so when you get hooked up and you're getting laid, like then that's when chicks come after you.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: So like you're like, you're getting laid.
0: Every time I have a guest on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, so
1: you don't really care if the next one comes on,
0: right? No, no, no. That's and so they yeah. want to
1: come on because they sense that
0: because they sense it. I don't. Everybody care. else
1: is trying to get them on their show or get an interview, and you're like, hey, you know, if you got time, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's true. That's how we got Barack I, Obama on.
0: <laughs> oh, wait a minute! I've got to cultivate that that's attitude.
2: True. I've got to true. cultivate that attitude to other areas of my life. You mean, you mean Barack Obama? That was who we had on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: today's guest actually. Uh, I've been trying to get on for a really long time. So I'm really excited. Uh Dave and Jake from Minus a Bear came by when they were in town and uh I love that band. Yeah, they played at Vitus when the night I saw them and then they played somewhere way bigger like they normally do the next night. But yeah, Dave, one of probably the most incredible guitar players I've ever seen. Uh just looping, tapping. I mean that dude is doing it all live. He's amazing. What is that
2: what does that mean looping on guitar?
0: He has all these kind of these Line 6, DL4 kind of delay pedals that can, like, sample stuff. So he'll kind of play stuff in between songs and, like, record it and then, like, play it back.
2: Oh, I've seen that.
0: But he has, like, four or five of them kind of all linked together. He, I was telling, like, my old band, The Love Kill, played some shows with them. And I would stand next to the stage and watch him play. Yeah. And I was like, I have no fucking idea yeah. what this guy's doing. I like I played guitar for like fifteen years at that point, and Literally, like I
2: don't know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, some people really master.
2: He's kind of like a mad that. scientist. Yeah, that's kind what of. it
1: is. It's really But
2: remember, Jeff Beck only uses a volume pedal.
1: I didn't even use that baby, so fuck Beck.
2: Yeah, fuck Beck. <laughs> My effect, you know what
0: my guitar effect
1: was—a fucking twenty-foot chord, man. Yeah, Yeah. I mean
0: that's the older I get, the more I'm into that. The more I'm just like, this is (laughs) just—it's almost just more stuff to go wrong. It is more stuff to go wrong. But unless you're someone like Dave, where it's like you've created a whole palette of incredible sounds.
1: No, no, I I love watching somebody that can
2: do that. Yeah, me too.
1: It's like a different. You're basically using the effect as an instrument, as opposed to trying to have it cover up your being
2: able to play the damn thing.
1: No. Most guys can do it because you have to have rhythm for one thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, the stuff you play, I mean, he does, he's an incredible, I mean, Jake is also an amazing guitar player, but it's like Dave is just so, his style is so incredible that I feel like everyone in that band is a fucking monster. It's always interesting
2: when you have a band that that, like one guy is just so good, you forget like how good the other guy is. You know what I mean? Like the other, like, like, like Metallica, like even though they're not so great now, but at a time it would be, if you threw James Hetfield in any other band, he'd be the lead guitar player. Right. You know? That right.
0: no that's true but yeah they're awesome and they um they put out a ton of records obviously their latest record is called lost loves and it's like a bunch of unreleased rarities that came out in october um but i would say minus the bear man you gotta start from the beginning like yeah, they're great. i'd go through everything um they've changed a lot you know obviously dave was in like botch with brian cook who co-hosts our podcast a lot i didn't know that yeah yeah dave was a guitar player in botch and hmm. uh Yeah, all those guys have been in kind of old, old, like old hardcore bands. So it's cool to see kind of Myasa Bear's evolution, but also these guys' evolution as musicians. Um, So yeah. And uh, they sell shirts at their shows. They do? Yes. I own one. Best segue ever. I'm not sure where they got printed, but. uh, But
1: where they probably got printed,
0: who they probably
1: use because it's the best company to use is is...
0: Commonwealth Press. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I believe if you go to cwpress.com slash podcast, Mm-hmm. You can, um, you can get six free shirts, and they're correct. Sp- they're sponsoring some episodes of this podcast because they're fans, which is
2: awesome. And yeah, if- they came to us, which we love. Yeah. By the way, if you're if you like the podcast and you have a small business venture, we're down with it. If you have a small business venture that you want to be huge, they they yeah. came
1: to us because we're like the guy that doesn't need uh, to get laid.
2: True. Yeah,
0: they came to us because we weren't putting it out there <laughs> Yeah,
2: and, and it's funny because we haven't put it out there To Google or Apple or anybody So, I mean, it's probably, you know They're next in line, yeah, Chevrolet but,
0: but seriously, if you're in a your band, you need merch Why not have someone cool print your merch Who gives give, give you a good deal So anyways, yeah. check them out um, And yeah, let's get to Dave and Jay Because they're awesome So ladies and gentlemen, minus the bear Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. Um, today, our guests are Dave and Jake from Minus the Bear. How's it going? Good. Going great. Thanks for having us. Of course. And Brian Cook, guest hello. hosting. Yes, hello. And Chase is here, their manager.
4: Oh, good. <laughs> and he also has a
0: mic in case he wants to jump in at any point.
4: Don't let us say anything too bad about... Never mind. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Chase is a little controlling. He wanted to be in here. Yeah. Um, and you guys drove...
4: In a bandwagon from Pittsburgh last night, yep let's yeah let's get into it, man. How was it? The show itself was really great. it was like you know total warm up show super tiny club uh, but it was really fun the the bandwagon experience was certainly
5: uh something new and yeah. different yeah the bandwagon that thing is a it's a rough rider and um a lot of bounciness and I woke up pretty nauseated and ended up. Going out in front of it and, and puking a little bit. Oh, ooh. really? <laughs> and then I backed up and looked up, and the driver's like eating a sandwich.
3: <laughs> so, um,
5: yeah, I, do, I don't usually get motion sickness, but man, it was it's, a lot of motion.
4: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, because it's just single axle, so it's just like every bump is just magnified mm-hmm. by, I don't know, so much more than even in like a regular van, it seems like. Plus, I'm on like the top bunk, so it's like really wavy side to side so like turning i mean i thought i was gonna i i I don't think i really slept because i was afraid i was gonna roll out (laughs) and it just sounds
5: it sounds like a transformer transforming the whole time like it's going down the road it's like really loud and then the other the
4: other cool sound was when the microwave dish tray (laughs) flew off the turntable and smashed into a thousand pieces on the floor. (laughs) <laughs> At like seven in the morning while we were getting into town, but I mean, travel day one, yeah, good. It it, th- it was really clean though. That's well, like, because we've only been in there for like twelve hours. Yeah, I feel like that <laughs>
0: doesn't matter. Though. I feel like whenever I'm anywhere, there's just
4: clothes everywhere. Everything explodes. I'm sure. I mean, Alex's bags were everywhere. I mean,
5: everyone
6: else kind of put their stuff away, but we'll we'll give him some crap
5: about. Thanks, that Alex. Note. Yeah,
6: I like the the note that. The, if you need to shit, call the driver at this number. Which yeah, because it's
5: not like a regular bus. So cut and dry. I really like it. It reflects <laughs> JJ's personality pretty well.
0: <laughs> it really. Once you get home, you can still just call him whenever you're going to take a shit. Yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> like, yeah. A great idea. Yep.
5: Well, this, like, this is. Over, dude.
6: <laughs> you know, I, I've I've only had one experience on a nightliner, which I shared with you, Dave. Yep. Um, but that's always the thing I I thought about is is shitting on a bus because I know that's like. Obviously, really bad business. Yeah, and our experience, our driver did not pull over to let people shit. Is that like standard of bus drivers, or no? Normally, yeah, let's get into this. Um... <laughs> I, I want to because this like living in Manhattan. Whenever I leave the house, I am always conscious of what like yeah, you have to be my yeah. bathroom situation is. <laughs> Where's the Starbucks? And I feel like I'd be very paranoid on a nightliner if it's like all right, there is now a shit embargo where like you cannot do anything for the next eight hours of this drive that's terrifying to me
4: absolutely and sometimes you wake up and it's just like oh my god where are we like <laughs> yeah I, like hey i mean normally on a other you know regular bus it'd be like you know you go up and talk to the guy but because he's in his own compartment we have to you know call jj on the phone but i mean he said he'd pull over whenever we needed to
6: okay
4: so and if force comes to worse you just get that plastic bag of shame (laughs) yeah that's what i when i was on warp
0: tour i was on a bus with 20 people oh and yeah you'd have to like inevitably and people just go in the bathroom take a bag and then have to throw it out the window yep
5: yeah it's i did that all the time yeah on the bus i'm not i'm not gonna wait it's sometimes you can't look on your you look (laughs) on your phone and you're like where are we Or where are we oh my god we're in the middle of nowhere there's a rest stop 40 minutes away there's no way i can make this yeah bag comes out you're done yeah easy i like i think it's the bag of pride
4: <laughs> <laughs> you've really accomplished something
5: yeah <laughs> we uh,
6: uh i had experience talking with a bus driver about this uh this issue and he's like oh yeah like i have like a five minute window of time like when the need kicks in he's just drinking coffee all night sure like, when the need kicks in i have like five minutes and he's like a lot of times i, I don't make it and he's like so, Wait, I just, what yeah so he's like i just know that you know like all these, you know, you go to a Flying J. They have like the trucker bathroom with the shower, and he's like, you just shuck off what you're wearing and throw it away, and then take a shower. And then, oh, like, really? This is, this is like something that happens to you multiple times. Like this is who? Which drive? I'm not. I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, let's not throw the driver oh, okay. under the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. rim shot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Man, that's like a that's a harsh reality if you're in that line of work where it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, sounds
5: like a it's one of the it's one of the most you know i I think you think about that throughout a tour like what's gonna happen tonight on the bus and then sometimes you're trying
3: to sleep
4: no exactly and then sometimes you wake up and like the club might be closed because you get there really early and then you're like maybe the club's like not you know in the middle of nowhere so you get up and you're like oh my god where am i gonna still have to bag it go to the bathroom and then you're just like (laughs) <laughs> looking on your phone for like you know like on google maps or whatever trying to see if there's anything nearby that's you know like a restaurant or something that's open like a i don't know you get there and you're like this
0: of course the stall has no door on it or something right where right. it's totally just destroyed by someone else <laughs> yeah. hasn't been cleaned and
5: like and you do what you weeks. gotta do yeah well, i'm so, so glad th- we talked about this tour is so yeah, yeah. glamorous <laughs> 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 really really peeling
0: back the uh yeah. the veil on yeah. And on all this. You know what's crazy? I was thinking about uh, my old band played with you guys at the Silk Underground a really long time ago. It was us and then a pre Brian Cook, Russian Circles, and then Criteria, and then you guys. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, Steven Peterson. Steven Peterson. Steven Peterson. <laughs> yes. Amazing dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I was like hanging out with you guys backstage, and it was getting like everyone was like super wasted, I think. And I was like, I don't understand how you guys can go play your music so hard to play. And you guys are like, eh and played perfect. Mm. Well, there's, I mean... (laughs) It
5: doesn't always work. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's that sweet spot, but man...
4: I mean, we were talking about this last night, like, yesterday, or last night's show, I mean, I think was probably the most sober show we've played in... A a, decade? In a long time, and it was awesome. I mean, you just, like, you know, it's like... I mean, the booze is great for, like, ramping up your energy and, like, kind of making you maybe do some weirder or crazier stuff on stage <laughs> yeah you, you know <laughs> pogo a little bit higher a couple more inches uh but i mean it, last night it was so much i don't know so much fun it was i don't know i feel like maybe a
5: little better a little sober yeah yeah it's difficult sometimes when you when your fingers don't behave if you've had too many of those jack yeah. daniels whiskeys
4: but then sometimes after a while you know you get acclimated to that level of of booze in your system too (laughs) all right and half the time everyone else is drunk in the crowd so
0: yeah i guess just i feel like i don't even really understand what you're doing up there like because i feel like with all the dl6s it like it looks like you're just like pressing stuff and then all of a sudden it sounds like the record i mean (laughs) i literally like i play guitar for half my life and you're the one dude where i like i just can't figure out what's happening
4: there's a lot of, I mean, there are a ton of pedals, you know, and four of those DL4s to, you know, sample uh, riffs that I'm playing during the songs and then, you know, make them go back, you know, reverse, double time, re them to the beginning. It's a really cool pedal, um, but I've, uh, but, and we've written so many riffs with those, you know, with that pedal in mind because of the way that it works and re-triggers the samples and stuff. So it's super like one of the most crucial pieces of my pedal board. And it's almost like, you know, you can think of it as like an instrument and in an you know, of itself in terms of getting sounds and manipulating it to, you know, to get unique guitar sounds. Cause I think half the fun of at least, you know, my playing is trying to like do stuff that wouldn't be normally, you, you know, when you hear it, you don't necessarily think, Oh, that's a guitar. You know what I mean? Whether it's the tapping stuff or a sample that's at some crazy speed or pitch that, isn't natural to just actually play on a guitar and that's like half the fun of being in this band
5: and (laughs) i try to use less and less of it over time (laughs) so i have i feel like some need to have some time where i trigger a sample that goes or whatever they go you know yeah however it is and just to just i could do it too you know (laughs) um but man yeah i try to stay away from it as much as possible yeah
6: I think it's nice that you guys have these, the, you know, the two acoustic records, because it kind of shows that, you know, the songs aren't completely reliant on technology. You know, the songs work in their own right, you know, melodically or totally. rhythmically, and it's not, you know, confined to like a piece of technology, which is yeah. kind of crucial, you know? Exactly. And it was
5: it, a freeing experience, you know, going down and... Um, just remanufacturing the songs in this more simple way
4: yeah and it's and it's a cool challenge to like figure out how to you know to recreate some of the sample or tapping based stuff but use it in more of like an acoustic finger picked kind of kind of way and like you know it's a learning experience too to like you know realize oh well what i was doing there i didn't even realize that i can just play big open chords and you know and have the same melodic um tone but have it be played in a completely totally different fashion um yeah those acoustic records are are uh were, we're really fun to do
5: yeah they're always fun just go into the studio for a weekend with matt bayless and bust them out
4: yeah yeah there was a did you talk to that couple last night that walked down the aisle to the acoustic version of absinthe no thank god <laughs> and, then <they> really, <laughs> and then it was her brother her brother played it while they were walking down the aisle live or whatever, and then they danced to the whole acoustic version of the song as their first dance.
5: That's lovely. I know. S-
4: I kind of brought a tear to my eye.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah.
4: Brian,
0: do you ever think about doing Russian Circles acoustic
6: record? <clears throat> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun. I think it'd be fun to do, you know... I mean, um, the new record has, I mean, the whole has an acoustic guitar.
4: Yeah. I mean, but that's, like, suited for
6: yeah, I think it'd be fun to do a record where it's like, okay, let's not like use amps and like a ton of pedals just to see like what we can do, like bare bones and do a little do a little bit of like the deconstructing of what we do, but to try and I think to try and uh, restructure our songs. I don't know. I don't know if we could let go that way. Like, I'm, I'm kind of envious that you guys can do that. <laughs> but I think we get so married to like certain tonalities and things yeah. like that, where it's like, maybe we should do it for you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah there you go that's, a,
4: that's a great idea we, we do a Russian Circles Acoustics 3 <laughs>
6: <laughs> wow that's cool we're, we're
4: coming with, yeah, this is a good idea
6: let's uh, keep going what else can we do <laughs> <laughs> we're well, probably one of the few bands that's done a remix record and acoustic version so you're able to retool your songs in a variety of ways yeah the remix record that came
4: about that was, that was really awesome um, and we've had some other remixes done since then and you know they've appeared on B-sides and stuff like that Uh, But, yeah, that acoustic record was really fun to create. And it was at a time when, you know, right after Oso where a lot of that material was inspired by a lot of the electronic stuff out then, you know, like the Fortet, you know, Caribou, kind of stuff like that. So it was cool to, you know, that was a huge, those were huge influences for me for Oso. So it was cool to kind of even take it a step further after the songs were written and have
6: friends do remixes and kind of their own interpretations of everything. I remember the first time hearing uh, Oso, I was at your booking agent's house. You guys weren't around, but they had an advanced copy of it. They're like, oh, do you want to hear it? And like, at Suzanne's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I was a little high, but I remember they put it on, and I was just being like, what, this is a rock band? Like, this sounds like an electronic record. Everything was, like, so dry and glitchy that I was just like, this is fucking amazing. I, d- I don't understand it. I don't know how they did this, but i was uh i remember being really blown away at that moment so
5: how did you do thank
4: it? you
6: we did a <laughs> we were at
5: litho matt bayless um built a drum tent so yeah, like, yeah, the drums right. were completely yeah. encased in this tent and uh and that's how the drums got so dry and he still had like room mics out because it was kind of like a beefy room sound with some drums leaking out but
4: yeah because that that room i mean sounds awesome i mean for drums just as a a big space but it was a great idea for matt to totally deaden it because it suits that record so well yeah you know makes it so much more immediate and um yeah that's probably one of the that one of my favorite sounding records
5: yeah I i listened to something the other day from it and uh i was just uh everything sounded loud like i was like well that's loud the drums are loud the guitars are loud and then that's really and it's loud. not that's competing cool. yeah i like that
6: well, i think it's kind of up front uh, yeah i think that's one of the things that makes it sound so unique is that you know a lot of rock records you know they people try really hard to create a sense of space where you know the drums have a certain amount of room or reverb on them so they sound like they're in the background and you know things are like panned in a certain way to sound natural like it's occurring in a room Mm -hmm. you know that you can Mm. you know know, there's an actual dimension to the space in which things are happening but a lot of electronic music everything's just flat and upfront, and like all kind of vying for your attention yep and uh it's a very different approach but uh i think you guys kind of i don't know i always got that vibe out of oso that it was kind of aiming for that same sort of like everything's like Right up front.
5: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... Some compression was used.
6: Yeah, and I mean, in terms of like
4: Aaron's drumming, I mean, that was still when we were on that huge... Writing that, like the huge Daft Punk, you know, kick after uh, Discovery, you know, and all those, you know, amazing sounding tracks that, you know, we would all listen to and get inspired by. So I think, you know, his drumming kind of paralleled a lot of those, um, those beats. So it just suited itself to, you know, have those sounds, but still... Make a Minus the Bear rock album. Have you guys always been interested
0: in electronic music, even when you're doing Botch or Sharksky Moving or any kind of the older stuff, or did you get
5: into it kind of later? Uh, yeah, th- more like some of the stuff like Thrill Jockey or, or Drag City and that type of stuff electronically. Um,
4: or like Portishead kind of stuff, yeah, you know Portis what I mean? And- I mean, I remember being on that first botch tour with you in europe and that moby record had just come out Uh, do you remember that the one that i got like every song was like in every commercial for like the next two years um and i mean that was like the first uh i think electronic record i really got into and then from there was kind of like i went through phases you know like we talked spoke about caribou and fortet and Amon tobin and stuff like that but recently i don't know i've fallen out of love with a lot of that stuff just because it seems like that other stuff you know seems a lot more creative than a lot of the electronic stuff that's out now that's all that's like all about the bass drop and the like you know like the dubstep stuff so i mean i know that that smart electronic music is still out there i guess i've
6: just kind of let it go off my radar a little bit i feel like this is going to be a horrible sweeping generalization I feel like <laughs> the, the the majority of electronic music that I'm exposed to is either like listen to this while you read a book and it's just sort of like soothing like sure bing 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 you know like mm-hmm. all the drum sounds are like someone tapping on a contact mic and it's yeah. like like really like charming and like petite sounding yeah. or it's just like you know, I just got Ableton Live and it's, it's like, so over the top. top. Like, mm. let me do
4: everything I can at yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> and
6: like, there's got to be like a happy medium somewhere in between, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have so much more interest in electronic music and then so much more disappointment that goes with it, where it's like, oh, this is something new, I'll check this out. And like, nine times out of ten, it's like, Ugh. W- what is this? Yeah. yeah, but
0: yeah, I think that's fair. I mean.
6: I wouldn't say. I mean, I, I agree
4: with your sweeping generalization. Yeah, me okay, too. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Um,
0: yeah. I remember when that first Fatboy Slim record came out. Oh. People mm-hmm. were like losing their minds too, and it was. I thought it was so cool, and then I. Was, after like a week, I was like. Yeah. You're like, I
4: moved back to guitars and. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Um, I think you guys have one of the best stories ever about how you got your band name. And oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and it what's funny that about- Didn't
4: we tell you not to ask this question? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna,
0: I'm not going to I'm not going to make you tell the story. But uh I my ex girlfriend's
4: your her her, her I th- think my wife's mom, my mother-in-law used to cut your my
0: ex-girlfriend's hair yeah and i was listening to you guys like a week before in orange County. Uh-huh. i was listening to the record like a week before and she's like who is this and i was like it's bam master she's like oh it's a weird name i was like it's the best story ever <laughs> and then she texted me and she's like i got my hair i'm getting my hair cut by the guitar player's mother-in-law and i was like really she's like yeah and she's like and i told him the story about how they got their name they never had heard it <laughs> oh, and i was like <laughs> oh, oh great <laughs> i was like you told her that and she's like yeah it's so funny right they wanted to hear it and i was like I don't. I was like, I told you, I didn't expect you to tell his mother in law. But yeah. she, she said they, they seemed like they thought it was really funny.
4: <laughs> that's a little awkward. Yeah.
6: <laughs> now they know. Now yeah, they now know. they know. I mean, all they had to do is look at Wikipedia. Exactly. Yeah, know, I mean, that's so. that's
4: the standard answer now. When you know you get the interview with an unprepared interviewer, and they're do you like,
0: still get that a lot? Like, like first questions, like who I mean, most music of the time. Is, I
4: yeah. mean, <laughs> I don't know. Is music journalism, just. That. Anyone can do it. Anyone, anyone can and, do it, and, now. Every, anyone does it. I mean, everyone does it. It's like, you know, and there's no prep. A lot of the interviews are,
5: I don't know. I haven't heard your record yet, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, how's Sewer going? You know. What's up like with the funny
4: song titles?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your shitting situation like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do
5: you guys get to have bowel movements regularly? <laughs> or are you forced to hold them in torturously? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know have,
0: have you guys kind of all stayed in touch sort of post being in band together like this whole crew because I feel like sometimes it's like when you're in a band together with people you kind of don't stay in touch with them or it ends weird and then you
6: no we've, we've been... yeah we've all yeah. stayed in yeah. touch mm-hmm. I that's mean,
0: great
4: I mean have you stayed in touch with the sh- with? I mean, Nate from Sharks I mean do you talk to Dan Dean
5: much I run into Dan Dean sometimes in the south end of Seattle yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, you know... It's weird. He's got a beard and stuff. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, you have a beard now, too.
5: You have a Dan Dean with a beard.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Dave and Brian and I all keep in touch. I mean, we've seen Tim recently, but, you know, he's kind of doing his own thing. But, yeah, I mean, we're all friendly. And, I mean, granted, like, when bands end, sometimes it's... It is totally awkward or, you know, there's... Feelings are hurt or, you know... There's resentment or whatever, but, um, you know, time heals things. And ultimately, I think you appreciate what you accomplished and created with your fellow bandmates. And, you know, you can look up, you can look back on it with, you know.
5: Pride. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you guys know what, like, what your fan base is like now? Because I feel like I remember it was sort of more like the kind of maybe punk kind of that scene and then i felt like when the danger bird record came out and stuff i remember being at a show maybe at webster and i was like oh there's all these like kind of like normal looking people i don't know how to describe it but it was like a whole different it seemed like you got a whole new audience
5: and normals yeah
4: yeah i mean that record definitely reached you know other people that we hadn't that hadn't heard us before so i mean i you know with that record cycle there was certainly a new flock of people coming out and you know and also, like, over you know, any band, like, you kind of shed fans with each record based on what you're doing, and then you kind of gain fans. Um, and there's always that true diehard contingent.
5: Um, yeah, but, there's just a lot more variety yeah. of people at the shows and age-wise, too. Um, a lot of old people.
4: This tour will be interesting because it's, you know... You know, a lot of the clubs are so small that it's like really like for diehard fans. So, I mean, like last night, you know, everyone there bought their tickets like the minute they went on sale because it was, you know, such a small club, um, which is, which is really cool to, you know, be able to do that and play in an intimate venue for your diehard fans. So, I mean, those people, most of the people last night had probably seen us three, four, whatever times going back, you know, I don't know how many years. Um, but I mean I don't know what our I don't know how we how to describe what our fan base is like now. I mean
5: it's Yeah. Lots well, well, of probably- people that st- you know we started and people that are that were our age then are now you know pushing 40 so they all have kids and stuff. And yeah. They all have kids. Every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them have kids, but you know um, and that'll keep you from going to shows as I know.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like when there's old people at, at a show. Like it's it's yeah. it's totally. nice when there's like a good variety, like a good mix. But like old people, it's like, man, you probably had so many other things going <laughs> on, and, and you're probably so over doing this, but you still came out. Yeah, like, it's awesome. When there's someone with gray hair, I'm always like, yes, look at that guy. That guy, that guy probably saw Iron Butterfly. That fucking rules. <laughs> <little bitch. laughs> yep. I always, yeah, I love seeing like the old dude that's
4: like wearing like a Gibson shirt or like you know what I mean, some like guitar thing, and he's just like freaking out, like, you know what I mean? Just, you know, just, like, really getting into it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's just like, all right, you know? Like, hooray, there's more than just... I'm not going to disparage any of our fans, but it's, you know, nice to see different demographics. Like, you know, there was a couple older people last night, which is, Mm -hmm. you know...
6: Yeah, I didn't mean to talk trash about young fans. Young fans (laughs) are great, too. But there's something... Like, I feel like if you're, you know, in your, like mid to late 30s like pushing 40 and your fan base is all like young people and it's like what kind of music am i writing yeah right you know because it's music i feel like you're trying to communicate something and i think it's great if you can connect with people from different walks of life different age groups but if you're only connecting with like people that are not even like drinking age it's like i don't know like how simple is yeah (laughs) how like (laughs) How juvenile is my music? That like freaks mm-hmm. me out. I think
0: that's a big problem in like pop punk, especially. It's like if you are in Gutter Mouth or something, you are singing about like your locker or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Dude, you can't be yeah. thinking
6: about like high school still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, Or it's like Blink One Eighty Two, where it's like, God, you are still writing songs about like your parents' divorce. You are like, <laughs> you are my age. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> come on, man. But
4: well, I think there is maybe like a you know a scope to the band where you know people of all ages can appreciate. Because I mean, the lyrics—you know—you can you know interpret lyrics different ways, and they have different meanings for everyone. But you know, sometimes they touch on like the core emotions or feelings that you know everybody has. So it's can kind of be multi generational in terms of how people relate to
5: you know. Yeah, everybody had a locker.
3: <laughs> in high
5: yeah, that, that one song, that,
4: that one new song that you wrote about the locker that, yeah. that we're gonna play tonight. I think people are really gonna love that. Yeah, one. yeah, they can relate. I'm sure.
5: Yeah, definitely. That's a cool. It's a cool thing to see, a lot of different folks out there.
6: Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of that change has come? You guys have done more and more sort of festival dates mm-hmm. in recent years, and I feel like you know, festivals always kind of reach a broader broader range of people and kind of a different dynamic mm-hmm. there are people that and I don't understand these people but there are people that love festivals but won't go to shows <laughs> and I'm just like what? It's, that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that does sound awful. Hang out Terrible. outside in the sun in the dirt mm-hmm. with so many other people that are yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Watching like multiple bands like I'm getting more and more it's like two band bills are great. You yeah, know? I agree. <laughs> it's a sweet spot. And, it is. Great. But uh, uh, Yeah, do you feel like uh, some of the change in the demographic might be tied to that?
5: I think yeah, somewhat, probably. Yeah.
4: Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a great answer for that one, Brian. Uh, All right. Well, Uh, yeah. I mean, we did a lot of those those festivals, but it's so funny because now it seems like festivals are almost like with Coachella and a lot of these festivals. It's like they don't even announce the bands, but the tickets sell out before any of the artists are announced. So it seems like just festival culture itself is like becoming a huge thing where people just want to go because they know it's going to be a party. They don't care who's playing. They, So, I mean, I don't know if even these days festivals necessarily mean what they did. I mean, I'm sure they do. I mean, you get a ton of exposure but it's not like they're they're just going for the experience not necessarily because they know you're playing. Yeah. But that still is a way to reach new fans. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
5: Some of the uh, older folks I think saw the uh, live from daryl's house performance oh yeah yeah and so i think we get a few like you know 50s totally folks out that are like hey, i saw you on the hall show really cool which I, one one <laughs> yeah. which I still think is one of the most amazing things ever
3: yeah
6: which i still think is one of the most amazing things ever it was that i was not even aware of that show until i think you guys were on it and I feel like, man, that's like a whole other. How did that come about?
0: did Did they get in, Did he get in touch with you, or how does... yeah.
5: I think um, they'd done Butch Walker and a couple other uh, Danger Bird acts, and so there was already kind of a bit of a relationship. And then they um, asked if we could come do it. Yeah.
4: Have you seen his other show, the renovation one?
5: No, not yet. But I'd love to. <laughs>
4: Is Wait, he renovating his barn? Do you know the, the premise of it?
5: I don't know. I don't know. He's very into that stuff.
6: Like home renovation? Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. He, okay. the,
5: the place that that we, he sold it now, but the place that uh, we played in was like this, like two, you know, 1700s or some shit, homes put together. And the middle that joins them is the performance room. Hmm. And so, and he found out later that they were like built by the same guy, somehow. But he didn't know at the time. And cool. it's just all of it's original, like down to the type of nails used and stuff. So
6: wow. So he's a chatty guy. He's like a, he's he wasn't just uh, some dude that swooped in and waited for camera time. He yeah yeah he's that's good yeah. to hear
5: yeah. But we you know we were in there for like we got in there we set up our shit and started playing. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of hi, how are and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Have you guys seen that show with Adam Carolla where he's like goes after home renovators that rip people off?
4: No. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny.
0: It's pretty incredible. Like people get really shitty renovation work done, and then like the guy won't won't give them their money back or whatever, and then Adam Carolla will just go to the guy and like yell at him and like berate him and be like, "We're either going to like sue you or you have to fix this." Yeah, like, on camera.
4: Huh. It's pretty funny. I watched Vanessa and I watched an episode of that the other night, and she's like, "This is my new favorite show." I hate working with contractors at work; they always flake out on me. I totally relate to everything that's happening yeah. in this in this it's show. Strangely
0: validating. <laughs> You're like, "Yeah," because these guys do this thing that I don't know how to do that I have to pay someone to do, and I know they're ripping me off. Yeah,
4: exactly. It's, yeah, and and the, when they catch the person, it's you know, they're like totally denying, <laughs> you know, trying to talk their way out of it, and it's like look at this thing you just left over here and nails coming up from everywhere. Yeah,
6: it's a pretty funny show. Yeah, you guys should check it out. It sounds kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> it yeah, it, it sounds, it, you know, it it sounds like watching Parking Wars where it's just like, oh, oh I man. love that show too. I love that kind of stuff. Just like confrontational, yep. like awkward.
0: Dude, I don't know what it is. Just watching people in the DMV, I think just because I'm so glad I'm not there, yeah. that it's like this weird, I get just joy out of not being there <laughs> and watching. I don't know, it's really, I guess it's really fucked up, sort of.
5: Yeah, I always wonder if it's, you know, pain. It's like in the, in, enjoyment and other suffering. <laughs> yeah. Shade and yeah. fruit. I also right. like
0: Airport 24 7.
4: I was just going to say that one where they're just like yelling at the ticket agents <laughs> or just like, I oh miss my god, flight. See, That sounds
5: awesome. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, can, I can find that. Like, what are my luggage over I hope I <laughs> <on the show. laughs>
4: Did I unknowingly sign a waiver and like, yeah. I'm going to be the next guy on this program? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Who says yes to this stuff? Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> TV. What is the benefit of I'll saying be yes TV. and like, just ending up looking
0: like a total jerk? I, don't know. I mean, Yeah, do you think you're like, tell your friends, like I'm going to be on the show tonight. Yeah, like, watch I me screw- embarrass myself. Yeah, Make this woman <laughs> cry. It's so great.
4: <laughs> I really just... Gave I her- come off really poorly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: You'll enjoy it. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, I think sort of getting back to what Brian was saying about your fan base, I mean, it seems also like You guys are one of the few bands who are kind of still. I was associated with like Thursday or like Planes with Taken for Stars or all these bands. Obviously, you've toured with. I mean, what do you think has been kind of your secret to not breaking? Because you guys, I feel like haven't done like the hiatus. Like it's like you guys always seem to be creating something.
4: I don't know. I think it's. I mean, we you know it's validating. We enjoy doing it. It's awesome going on tour. I mean, I think also like with this band, it's kind of in a unique situation where we're not really pigeonholed into one specific i mean sure we have our sound but it's like when we get influenced by new things we can take those influences and write a new record that is inspiring to us that you know sounds totally different than what um the earlier stuff sounds like so it's it's kind of cool to be able to have that flexibility like to do the acoustic records to do the remix record and have it all kind of fit under what minus the bear is so it's like a very broad sort of <clears throat> you know palette that we have to work with, you know, like I mean, I know um you know when Brian and I were in botch, i mean at the at the end, you know it felt like there were constraints for what could be done within that world and the tones and vocal stylings and all that stuff, and it was kind of like like what is next, whereas in this band, it seems like there's more room to to branch out and to use those different influences to you know, to keep going and keep ourselves inspired.
5: And, you know, I think we all feel like a responsibility for each other because it's all, you know, our livelihood and whatnot. We just, I mean, yeah, you feel like you need to keep going so that we all keep going. And, you know.
4: Yeah. And I mean, we've been doing it for, I mean, what, this is like year 13, which is crazy to think about. Um, But it's, you know... It's truly super fun and it's rewarding and, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I love, I mean, we all just love playing music and, I mean, we're such a tight-knit group of friends at this point. I mean, it's kind of crazy for me to think about the only band member change we had was like eight years ago when Matt left and for a band to be together for this long without having, you know, significant lineup changes or having like one original member left is kind of... Kind of crazy. Plus, I think each of us brings something unique to the table, you know. Obviously, and it's
5: part of me wishes we'd have broken up a little while ago and then <laughs> reformed now <laughs> around this reformation, you know, Bonanza. surge that we're, that we're experiencing. Uh, <clears throat> American <laughs> football and um, <laughs> and yeah, but yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> sweep up some of that sh- that money right there that's no, it's but it is it's interesting to be in a band for 13 years i don't know how day by day
6: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Tour tricky. by tour yeah, i yeah. always think about you know you guys are obviously doing like the 10-year anniversary for beer commercials and things like that and you've you've now like had like several 10-year milestones which is pretty rare for any band yeah um especially you know as Jonah was saying, like you guys have been going consistent throughout that whole time, and uh, I was trying to think of like other bands that can like reach that level where they're active consistently that long, and it's like a band like Melvins or like Sonic Youth, and it's mm-hmm. like uh, bands like that. They always have like their their different like their different eras, I guess. You know, there are people that will talk about Sonic Youth. They're like, oh, sisters, like the pinnacle or sure. oh, it's daydream nation or it's murray street or whatever like where do you guys see yourself now in terms of like the era of your band we've talked a little bit about how like your demographics change mm-hmm. but you know i feel like when you guys started off you were kind of in a similar field with like a band like american football where it's like this really sort of cerebral like intricate pop music sure and now i feel like you guys are Doing something a little more straightforward, in some ways, or a lot more like gritty. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you see the band going next? I don't know. That's a good question.
5: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting point in in our life as a band related to that stuff. Just because we haven't had uh, a hell of a lot of time to get down and practice and jam. Yeah, and jam jam on the music, you know. <clears throat> it's just uh
4: i mean yeah we've
5: we've written. I almost don't want to think about it like like what our direction is mm-hmm. you know or, just or what it, we can yeah. do or what we should do sometimes it is good to have like a real good clear idea ahead of time like we had with ice but
4: or us this, yeah, yeah but
5: this time i don't know
4: yeah i mean i i as in terms of like what era of the band it is i don't know how to totally phrase it but i mean i you know we've written like 5 ish you know new songs or whatever that we're working on i mean we're you know continuing to write new stuff but um yeah i mean with as our personal lives sort of evolve you know that has some sort of impact on what you know is influencing the band too you know what i mean like it's you know three of us have have families now with kids um so you know those experiences, the dad era, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so get ready for some really cheese dick, uh, yeah. but light guitar solos <laughs> uh, no, but I mean it, I mean, all that stuff kind of inspires what's going on, but, I mean, I guess I kind of agree with Jake. I mean, we don't have like a set concept of where we're going at the moment. I think we're kind of like scratching um, around to kind of f- find what what we're going to do next, I mean truthfully it was pretty cool to go back and like re learn a lot of this beer commercial stuff from 10 years ago because it was you know kind of like reliving that inspiration and like playing these songs and remembering where you were when you were writing them and you know what kind of practice space we were in and what tours we were on and how we were traveling and all that stuff kind of like is cool to go back and and listen to and and figure out how to do it again i mean it was a huge challenge for me because some of those songs it's like we haven't played in a while and the riffs were just like oh my god what was i doing there it's like oh man," you know so it's kind of yeah. like i feel like we'll probably draw some inspiration from like even maybe some of our earlier stuff um which is kind of a weird thing to say not like we're gonna go back and write another
5: pirates or
4: you know what i mean anything like that but kind of get reacquainted with some of those older songs that yeah, it was
5: interesting to see what parts were like <clears throat> forgotten but really cool like you know just
4: yeah exactly like,
5: like why the hell did we do that like why did we do that
4: what, what, why did we make what, where that were decision we deciding to do
5: this? <laughs> and it's and it's it's like well we could just decide to do that you know do okay. some weird shit again yeah on that on that level so yeah it's inspiring sometimes to hear yeah to actually learn these songs yeah and it is tough because we didn't play a lot of those songs live for a while so yeah it's like Really? I played it? I played it like that? This riff <laughs> on purpose? On purpose? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah.
4: I mean in terms of like new new stuff, it's like I've been trying to like I mean there's obviously I love delays and you know the trails and all that cool stuff, but like part of me at some point just you know wants to just like have some songs on this next record that are just like totally just fucking in your face. Not like super aggressive necessarily, but like that the tones are just immediate and not so like lush and decaying i mean i'm sure there'll be a lot of that lush kind of stuff too but kind of like that contrast to me seems like a cool um a cool approach to kind of write in a you know start writing some of the new stuff to get this next record going and and experiment with stuff like that because i mean i haven't i mean right now it's just like delay 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 i mean every other post-rock band is delay, delay, delay 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 i
6: remember even like way back in the day i I think when you got like your first DL four, you're like, oh, you know, like delay is such a crutch. It's like everything sounds everything good sounds with great, delay on, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, um, yeah, everything, every it is kind of an easy thing to fall back on. Sure, but at the same time, you got to have a good riff to start off with anyway, and so right. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, I think it just inspires
5: you to write differently. You know, too. Mm-hmm. You have those delays, and you're like really pretty right right here when i strum this chord you but th- know?
4: yeah and then when, and then when it gets too much you turn into like the edge and then yeah, it's just you like you just go <laughs> dang, dang, and then there's like a whole like bank of like you know rack mounted effects processors that make it sound like you know whatever it sounds like he's playing you know it's there, there can be too much of the processing relying on
6: on the on the effects yeah so. for
5: inspiration
6: well, it's kind of fun. you just put out this Lost Loves record which is like the Rarities B-side thing and I guess not knowing most of that material I was ready for it to be some of the more I don't know maybe abstract moments or experimental moments and I was kind of surprised by how like rockin' it is <laughs> it's like it's kind of like man these are all kind of like bangers why weren't why weren't these on the album and I was reading your interview we were talking about how a lot of it was stuff that you played live beforehand yep. and then by the time you made the record you were just like eh that's kind of old news yeah we were
4: more interested in like oh this thing we wrote just a couple months ago is so much newer and you know more fresh to us you know that i mean some of those songs on lost loves should have made the albums i mean i think you know hindsight's 2020 but the collection on lost loves how it came together and i mean how it sounds i mean it works really well as its own album in a cool way and it has like a a flow and um yeah, we just didn't want we didn't want it to just be like here's here's leftover stuff. Hope you like
5: it. Yeah, it's been nice to hear some fan feedback saying, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it actually sounds like a new record and why didn't some of these songs make it? Yeah. It's always about the flow of the of the record. Of the other record, yeah. Some some of them just kind of would have taken the record either down a notch or just been inappropriately aggressive or something like that it seems so but they've they've come together nicely i yeah. think into one package
0: <laughs> are you playing a lot of that stuff on this tour or
5: uh right now we're just playing
4: two songs off of lost loves and then the whole beer commercials thing and then a smattering of other stuff from the band's career so
5: um yeah beer commercials is like seven songs yeah so so that takes up a a big chunk of the chunk of the
4: set um but the lost love stuff sounds great and it's super fun to play like electric rainbow that song is i don't know that probably should have ended up on planet of ice but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it
5: was left for maybe the name
4: electric rainbow
5: <laughs> just not a planet of ice <laughs> sounding. It doesn't, title. it doesn't sound cold enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh,
6: that sounds kind of frogish. Seems like that might have yeah. fit in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember. Uh, I think the standout track for me off that was Broken China, where it has just like the whole sort of noise outro thing going on. I was like, "Man, this is this is like really abrasive for minus the bear." Like, it, totally. Yeah, that song is super
4: fun to play live, and we've ended up. I mean, we've played that live over the past like three years like randomly like probably played it on three or four different tours Mm -hmm. um just because it is so like live it just has like you were saying it's so abrasive and just has those tones and um it's a totally different sounding song than everything else on omni which i'm sure is why we chose not to have it on omni because it didn't seem like it fit the vibe of the record um but in hindsight i mean i probably would have thrown it on there maybe yeah, in, in some way, and taking something else off to give that record a bigger arc potentially. If we could have sequenced it in there,
5: um, yeah, the ending's fun.
4: Yeah, the ending's super fun. That was also one of the songs that, that kind of got changed during pre-production, and I think it. And I don't know that it that those changes were made it better than the original arrangement.
5: I'll have to go back and see the
3: demos.
4: <laughs> so I think maybe we had a little taste in our mouths of like, maybe we had wished we had recorded that song with the original arrangement in mind rather than the arrangement we worked
6: on with Joe when we were doing pre-production for the
4: for the whole record.
6: Yeah, we talked a little bit last week with Mike Kinsella about you know, sometimes the studio is like this great opportunity to like hear something from a new perspective and like reinvigorate the creative process. But then other times it's, you're hearing it in a bit of a bubble and not really thinking about like the what it's going to sound like outside of that one space totally it's a I don't know it's it's hard to find that sweet spot where it's like you have enough creative room left in the studio to like explore an idea without turning into Metallica where you spend (laughs) you know a year in the studio and you have Bob Rock just like feeding you cocaine and bad ideas
3: right you
5: know, yeah <laughs> you know. yeah. I, studio's an interesting place to be and i, I think it, for me i like it when things move along pretty quickly so like open to new ideas and stuff but if but if you're gonna you know you just come up with an idea if you want to do something new i think
4: then you have to make the, the decision yeah. like and i mean a lot
5: of times yeah in the studio gets eaten up by like how does this sound? How does this sound? Things you can languish yeah. and
4: kind of be left in limbo sometimes in the studio. And it, yeah, sometimes you just need like a firm decision to be made. And that's hard to do when you have like five people and a producer all with their own, maybe not shared vision of what the song should be. And then you're trying this idea and this idea and this idea and this idea. And, this idea and then
5: use the first idea.
4: (laughs) So, you know, a lot of times the first idea is the best one, you know. Your your initial instinct is a lot of times, you
6: know. I can see it being difficult for you guys, too, because there's already, I mean, there's five people in the band, and there's a lot of different textures, and I mean, Alex has a whole range of things that he can do, and then obviously there's a whole range of, you guys don't play, you know, just like distorted power chords all the time. You're doing all these intricate things, so there's, it seems like it'd be really easy to get... Lost in like the endless options. At some point,
4: there's a lot of there. There seems like there's actually more of that when we're writing. That you know, so many. I mean, sometimes it's like there's so many ideas that it's almost like impossible to like do them all. Like in, in in like the, the best way possible for each of them. You know what I mean? It's like someone will have an idea on this, and then. Someone else will chime in and say, well, what if we did that and this? And then you goes off in a downward downward spiral of of let's try every possible version, which I mean is I guess a good exercise, but sometimes it Yeah, you just want to just make it happen and mm-hmm. stick with something and and go from there. I don't know. It's
5: it's interesting with five people with very strong Opinions. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and different ways of approaching, you know, their writing and stuff too.
0: Yeah. I think both of your bands have also, like, like Brian was kind of saying, are, are pretty complex. I mean, I feel like the same for Russian. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I heard the new record and I was like, oh, Ethel, that song's so crazy. And you're like, yeah, playing that live is going to be challenging. Yeah. Like, do you guys ever, like, finish a record and then you're like, fuck, I have to, like, recreate this every night?
4: Is yeah, that Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I would love, to, I think we'd all love to play Invented Memory off this uh off floss loves but <clears throat> to to do that live would be really challenging i mean hopefully we we will do it at some point but i think in this underplay tour it wouldn't work i mean for that song i have to have my hog on uh on a keyboard stand because i'm basically the riff is just me freezing a chord and then moving the sliders on the hog pedal to create the melody and then there's overdubs over the top of that. And, I mean, it's that's one of those studio songs that, like, really has tons of layers and overdubs and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, like, daunting to think about how are we going <laughs> to make all this happen and, and you know, have it sound cohesive live.
0: Sometimes those limitations might be able to help what Brian's saying, too. Like, as far as, like, keeping things more contained and not getting super...
4: I don't know. I'm limited by my ability, so I don't really
3: have to deal with <laughs> the issues that you do.
4: Yeah, I mean, sir, I mean we've always kind of had some tracks that are more studio vibe than live. So, I mean, I don't think that it's, you know, most of the stuff we can do live, but, you know, there's a few certain ones that just for whatever reason have
5: more complex... Uh, yeah, we're doing Pony Up, obviously from the Beer Commercials EP. Right, which was kind of just... Is, Almost all electronic drums, yeah, drums, and um, why did I bring that up?
4: Because <laughs> it wasn't. It's more of a studio. Oh yeah, it's
5: more of a studio track, oh, yeah, a studio track that we brought <laughs> brought brought to the live realm, and you know, yeah, because we've rarely rarely played that one, yeah, live before. Yeah, there's a couple that just don't don't play very well. Yeah, but well, you know, whatever.
6: Do you have any of those, Brian? Uh Yeah, more and more, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, we're going to write a song with a singer on it, and we don't have a singer. Right. and <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an easy out. It's like, well, well, we'll we play can't that. play that one. Yeah, we'll play it maybe on one tour, and then... If, but you uh,
4: guys did play that song on the European tour
6: with Chelsea, right? Yeah, yeah she was yeah. out with us, and she performed it with us in L.A. once when she was around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, the longer you're in a band, the more songs you have to play. Then all of a sudden, it's like, man, like... Do you, you play all the new stuff? Do you want to play you know the hits to make the fans happy? Mm-hmm. Also, you can yeah. never
0: make anyone happy, really. Exactly. absolutely, You can absolutely. never make, can everyone, make, make happy. everyone happy. Yeah, yeah. You guys like,
6: didn't
5: play Blah Blah. My heart's broken, sad face. Thanks for the
6: tweet. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I drove nine hours Maybe to see you, you play. Maybe you should write the set yeah. list,
5: lady. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't go very well, though. I know. Don't yeah. argue with fans.
0: <laughs> I like when bands post tour dates and they're like, "Oh, can't you come here? And it's like, I didn't just pull these out of a hat and I can just rearrange yeah, yeah. them now.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, I feel like there is, like, that. there's, like, a weird disconnect sometimes with audiences. Not, not, I mean, not specifically your audience, but, like, like you know, people have set lists. They're not just, like, or, like, we've played shows where people are just screaming at us to, like, get off stage <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, I'm not, we're not just, like, they're set times. Like, we're <laughs> playing for 20 minutes. Like, relax. Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes with the, you know, the people that... I mean, I understand they're mad we're not going to Texas or Florida or whatever. But I mean, does part of it have to do with like these days everything is so like on demand and like people don't realize that there things have to be, you know, planned and I, you know, tours have you know routings for a specific reason. I mean, I don't know. It seems like with you know the AD Dean of music with like just people one track off this record on Spotify and one off this and no one listening to albums anymore. It seems like people are just like expect. You to be able to just appear magically in their town, you know, just, I mean, I don't know if that's just the way people are evolving and everything has to be right now, you know? Yeah. Constantly. Well,
0: they'll probably have like those holograms soon and then... Oh, yeah.
4: There you go.
6: Just franchise.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, we've already started creating the, you know the future band with our that's children, right.
6: so. But I mean, you even have, like, you even have, I mean, you look at DJ culture, and DJ culture, theoretically, should be able to pander to the audience easier than a rock band ever <coughs> could, you know? Especially on a small scale. I mean, not like, sure. you, know, you know, a Madison Square Garden DJ, but, like, you know, someone that's, like, DJing at a local bar with access to the internet should be able to pull up whatever someone in the audience yells out if they really want it. And yet, Every DJ I follow complains about. Oh, I'm not a I'm not a jukebox, you know. I brought we play what I want to play. Blah 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 blah. Like, I I don't know. I, the level of entitlement sometimes is like people need to realize yeah. what goes into these things. And mm-hmm. if uh if you're going for a live experience, like you're just gonna have to take in whatever happens, and it's not. If you want to make a playlist, you just sit at home and make a playlist, right. and You can. Bring up all the songs on YouTube and put them in the sequence, and then have your own private show that's perfectly catered to. That's what a you great want.
4: idea. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. make your own minus the bear show.
6: Can't play everything.
4: Yeah,
5: you know, can't play everywhere.
4: We literally can't play
5: everything. It's just impossible. Yeah not all these songs i
0: mean how have you guys How is kind of obviously having families i'm sure impacts. i mean does that has that adjusted the the way that things work i mean has has that been kind of a gradual thing because i'd imagine it's like you get you you get married whatever then you i mean how have you kind of worked with made that a part of your life i guess
4: yeah i mean before we do like u.s tours that were like six or seven weeks long or whatever and now it's you know, with kids and stuff, we get we split them up into two legs or three legs or however it works. So, you know, we're only gone, like, two, three weeks at a time. Um, just because otherwise it's, you know, wives get really... Angry. Unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, I mean, it's like, you know, now that, we're, now that we're dads, you know, three of us, it's like, I mean, I want to see my kids. I mean, I love hanging out with my little dude. So, you know, it's nice to go back and get that... Uh, fill that void when you're that you have when you're on tour where you miss your family and go home and see everyone and then go back out and kind of best of both worlds I guess
5: I think it slows down the process a little bit yeah yeah um you know before children we'd we'd rehearse like five days a week sometimes back in the day (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah it slows
6: things down a little bit but it's totally worth it because they're super cute (laughs) (laughs) I think back to those you know those early Miles the Bear tours that were epic it's also like you guys are all living in you know tiny single bedroom apartments and like Mm -hmm. you know no one's like working a job that's you know gratifying or awesome and it's just like yeah why not be on tour for seven weeks exactly everyone's backs were in better shape everyone's knees were in better shape yeah you like you could get by in four hours of sleep and
4: yeah some of those tours like that tour that was like the U.S. with Europe in the middle of it?
5: Like 10 weeks or something? Yeah,
4: was it like 11 weeks or something like that? Like, tour the East Coast, fly to Europe, do Europe, fly back to the East Coast, tour back to Seattle. I mean, that was... I can't even imagine doing that now. That sounds so incredibly
5: daunting. Yeah, in your your early, mid-20s, you can do crazy stuff. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to stay alive, man. (laughs) (laughs) You worry about things when you're, like, in your late 30s. You're like... What was that? <laughs> it, Am I having a heart attack? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My body's yeah. breaking
4: down. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you guys do like stretching or like any kind of like?
4: Uh, no. no not re- not really. Probably should though. I mean, oddly enough, I don't. My neck isn't that bad from last night after the first show. Mm. Normally, it's like you know to get after the first show. It's like total bang over.
5: Almost wasn't enough room to head. Bang. I
6: think that was maybe the. I think that was maybe the. I always find it's day three. It's yeah. like the next day. It's just kind of like, oh, I think I'm, I'm okay. And then yeah. you know, like the next day, it's like, oh, mm. fuck, there it is. Oh so yeah, like, maybe you've got a little delay in your bang over.
0: Yeah,
5: Delayed, Delayed, delay, bang. delay, delay. <laughs> yeah, just
4: wait till the next New York show in Gramercy. That'll be the day that my neck is just like
5: <sighs> killing me. But then the next day. It's gonna be like, oh man, my neck feels so oh, good. Oh, it's so good. It's like oiled up
6: and ready to go and yeah, jam. Okay. Let's okay. do this.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
6: We always we try now to like plan day three off because day three is like Dave's hands are blistered, yeah, everyone's yeah. necks hurt. Like it's like day three is like the recoup day, and then it's wise. And then someone's always like, oh, but you could play this extra show on this day
4: and make more money. And, and you're at
6: home on a computer, like checking your email. It's like. Yeah, I think I could do that. And then you.
4: And then the reality of it is like. <laughs> and then you're like, why did I choose?
6: Why did I make that decision? Yeah. You don't think far enough in advance. I feel like that's every single time we plan a tour. There's always someone we get talked into doing something that. Oh, us too. The second you're on tour, you're like, why did we agree to this? Yeah. Like,
4: or like, you know, you have a day off here, but we can fill it with this thing. But then that means you've played nine shows or 10 shows in a row. But it's like. But it's a great offer at a good club. And so you're like, well, we're on tour working, so we may as well work, you know, and maximize the time we're out because it can be so limited. Um, but yeah, that's that probably happens with every band. We, yeah.
0: we just did that too.
4: We're doing the West Coast,
0: and we, from the 4th to the 15th, we had two days off, and then we filled them both. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like at the time, I, like even as happening, I was like, yeah, we should do it. Like it seems dumb to say no. Mm -hmm. and we never go out there, but then you're like, I know, flash-forwarding, like, three months.
4: Yep. But I'm going to be regretting this decision.
6: Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's just part of the experience. Yep. Well, I think there's also maybe something to be said that we've all done time in bands that toured and didn't draw people, and you were playing places where the shows would fall through, and it's like, you had to fill every day because, like... You didn't know if all the shows were going to
4: happen or not. Yeah, they so were like, yeah, probably yeah. going to fall through. It's like, that's oh, true, yeah,
6: yeah, my mom just said I can't actually have the show, or, you know, like, you know, <laughs> the squat got busted, or, you know, the promoter just didn't show up. And, you know, it was
5: the smell, and it was, there was a note on the door that said, go away. Yeah, <laughs> it shows yeah exactly. Not
6: happening. Not, yeah, I think a lot of it's just that ingrained sense of like a day off is a bad thing. You know, yeah, that's get, true. You get a little older, and it's like, no, a day off is. When we go eat Macaroni Grill and go to a water park, and it's awesome. Like <laughs> macaroni maybe, Grill. Maybe go. Oh to man, movie. there's so much bad food on tour.
4: Do you guys like Macaroni Grill? I've never think I've ever. I don't been think there. I've ever
6: been to Macaroni Grill. We we try to do Macaroni Grill on every day off. What's the really? What's up with that? Well, it started off when I joined the band, or not when I joined the band, but when I first went out to play with the band as a joke, they took me to a macaroni grill because they're like, oh, Chicago has so much good food. We're going to take you out to the suburbs and take you to macaroni grill. <laughs> so it was like this total asshole move. <laughs> and then we all like were eating and I'm like I'm kind of enjoying my meal. And everyone's like, yeah, it's like, mine's actually really good. And you're know, like sharing each other's food. It's like, do we like macaroni grill?
3: <laughs> I think we do.
6: <laughs> and now it's just kind of turned into a thing where it's, you know, most towns have one. so, you know, obviously if you're, if we're, it's a day off and. An, you know, a town we're familiar with and we know like a good option that's a little different, but usually when you have a day off it's you know, somewhere between Austin and Albuquerque and it's like, well There's nothing. And yeah. maybe Lubbock has a macaroni grill. And if they do, you know it's gonna be good. <laughs> Everyone have a little chianti and be happy and it's not like Applebee or anything like that. Man, did you guys have Applebee's the other night? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Okay, good. Um no. We're trying to stay
5: away from the... Uh, yeah, we
4: can't do that. I mean, there's... I mean, like Chili's, Applebee's... That's lower tier. Fridays, like, all that stuff. Like, sometimes you have no choice, but...
6: You you need to... Maybe, that sucks. I feel like that stuff's bad, but like Macaroni Grill yeah. and like Outback Steakhouse, I feel like they're just like <laughs> they're actually like they're not bad. We've had some pretty some bad. Decent. We've had some pretty bad
5: Outback experiences, but we've had some pretty good we've ones. Had some pretty good ones. <laughs> Landover,
4: Maryland, it's, it's Alex's yeah. favorite Outback Steakhouse ever. I don't know why. He's a
5: favorite. Yeah, yeah.
4: He, he really loved his steak there.
5: It's how desperate this lifestyle is. <laughs> if I have a favorite, it's in. Where is
4: it? It's in somewhere in Maryland. I, in he Maryland. always talks about it. Whenever we like mention, oh, there's an Outback, he's like, oh, I wonder if it's as good as the one in Maryland.
5: He'll <laughs> be a grandpa and point out every single, I had a good steak
6: there once in Maryland. <laughs> I got a
4: wheel of cheese at that Cracker Barrel across the road now. <laughs> uh, I,
6: I remember that. And, and actually, Cracker Barrels is one now that we're like, Cracker Barrels made the cut. Like, yeah.
4: We'll, we'll do Cracker well, Barrel. You guys need teams. to have like a list of like approved Russian circles. like
6: there kind of is one restaurants
4: you know? and then you know go for some sponsorship
6: opportunities we we did a tour with a friend of ours that was very adamantly anti-starbucks and so we had this tour where we're like cool we're gonna find like the hip good like coffee shop in every town every morning and like try and branch out and be like more you know cosmopolitan you know like like not e- so. eating local you know yeah, that yeah. kind of thing and it was such a, it was a nightmare. It was like the worst thing because it automatically there's a Starbucks within five minutes of wherever you are right. in most places in America. The cool lo- coffee shop is usually half an hour away, no matter what. So you're already adding like half an hour onto your day. And the best coffee shop in most cities is still pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree. <clears throat> and so you're better off just like admitting that Starbucks isn't terrible and getting Starbucks every morning and being happy as opposed to, like, trying to, like... Seek out the cool... Yeah. Is
0: this, like, because they didn't like Starbucks, or was it more of, like, an ideological...
6: I think it was ideological, but they also were trying to argue that Starbucks just wasn't as good as, say, Cinnabon's coffee, which I think is completely absurd and wrong. That's just not a rational person. That's not a rational person. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, it it lasted about a week, and then we went back on the Starbucks train. So, and that's that's the reality of touring. You know? Consistency
5: yeah. sometimes is the is the is the trump card. There, you just have to. Well, yeah, cause every feel like normal things are happening.
4: Yeah, because on tour, I mean, everything's. I mean, it's the same, but it's different every day.
5: So, like having something that's yeah gives you at least that's a little reliable, bit of routine. You know? Yeah, yeah,
4: and, and routine is you know. sometimes... I actually
5: went to the Starbucks this morning for my morning bm yeah. <laughs>
0: right. so. really brought this full circle today. yeah wow. you know what
5: that's a good place to do it it it's, is it's always they didn't have toilet paper when i looked over um, had to use the cowboy hat thing
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the seat liner
6: <laughs> yeah but start you know starbucks you always know it's gonna be a private bathroom mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna have a lock on it yep fairly clean, fairly clean. yeah Thanks, Starbucks, for the
5: bathroom. <laughs> Next time, put some toilet paper in. You
6: know, this, this <clears throat> I, was, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking, doing all the bathroom talk and talking about bathrooms on tour. I'll bring it up now, but it brought me back to a show. I think it was in St. Louis when we were on tour. And it was at a university. And the backstage was just like a partitioned-off part of the showroom floor. And to get to the bathroom, you had to... Uh, go through the crowd and it was a crowded show and i remember do you remember this do you you know where this is going i feel like this is going to be a little incriminating i I think i remember this (laughs) but for whatever reason this college had just a door on a rolling frame so we pushed (laughs) this rolling door frame into a corner and then put a garbage can (laughs) behind it and that was just our backstage bathroom.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the I absolutely show. remember that. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. And
6: there was like a four band tour, and it was a lot of people that liked to drink.
4: <laughs> and there was a lot of urinating going on in that. There was, was a of lot of
6: urinating. Behind
5: the rolling door. What was with that door?
6: I don't know, but I just feel so bad for whatever like student union worker. Like, yeah, that's a was- I would
5: never behave like that on the road <laughs> again. You know, any, anymore. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I'll walk through the crowd and go to the actual bathroom. <laughs> would you, though? Not really.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was David and Jay from Ice Bear. Holy shit, guys. I would love if they have a side project called Plus the Raccoon. That would be good. They After this interview, <laughs> they took me out to their RV, or their box truck thing, and gave me a toy. And,
2: and hurt you.
0: <laughs> they had, yeah. Well, we talk about it a lot in the podcast. They were like, this is a phone where you call the driver if you need to take a dump. This is... <laughs> Cause the driver is actually sectioned. Up. I can't talk about this anymore. Cause we talked about like this kind of stuff for like 20 minutes already in this podcast, but okay. the actual RV was the The box truck was very
2: spacious and really nice.
0: Although- yeah. It-
2: the bands who can do that, man, I think I think when Forrest from Hello Goodbye came on, he did a box truck. He did. And and didn't the Souls have like a box truck forever?
0: He yes. struck anywhere, had one for a while. It's kind of like yeah. a medium between a van and a bus.
1: Didn't we talk about this? It was the Descendants and All were the ones that started. It. Oh, yes. Oh, they did that? Yeah, yeah. you're right. I because forgot they were, about that. We, I did a tour with, with All when like, and Dino was in love with the truck, but they... But they were like, no, it sucks. It's really hot. You like bounce all over yeah, the place. Yeah, they said the suspension on it is Yeah, the still suspension is not made bad. for cruising.
2: Dude, I, I drove cross country in a box truck a million years ago. And it was one of those where you can crawl in the back. So we made good time getting to LA from DC. But, you know, you're going to crawl in the back and sleep on a couch. But you're not really sleeping because you're more just trying to stay alive. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but hey, I mean, it's, I think it beats a van. At least you can lie down.
2: I don't know how you guys have done the van thing, man. I, I, I just—I
0: had no problem doing it at like 22 to like 27. And at like my like
2: 33 to like 35 stage so far, it is much harder. I'd say if you ever, if any band hears tour song by Drawbreaker, you're going to be like, uh, I don't know if this almost makes it right. I really don't. This shit's hard.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> wow. just like my body just hurts more.
1: Yeah. It's when you're young and excited about yeah. touring. The van doesn't matter, dude. Fuck it. Yep. That's yeah. when you're
2: scary because you think you're immortal and then you're all taking turns driving and you're all up late with meth in the fucking ashtray and you don't know where you're going. Like that's. Wait a minute. I think I just <laughs> described college. I'm talking about something. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh my God. So,
1: do they, when they tour, do they carry. Do they, do they use a box truck to carry their merch? I think they have a trailer.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. smart for a merch trailer. Yeah. No. So, Oops.
0: yeah. Um, their merch. Was that a good segue? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And their merch, I don't know who prints their merch, but, uh, but it should be, but it should be Commonwealth press uh, who are sponsoring the podcast. Our first sponsor, they're fans of the podcast. So it's not weird. Uh, and if you go to cwpresscom slash podcast, you can get six free shirts and it will also show that with you learned order. about them with your order. Yes. <laughs> and also show that you learned about them through us, which will make us look cool. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so check them out. Um, check out every minus a bear record. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, check us out on iTunes, blah blah blah. you know where to find us, I guess if you're listening to this. So and if you want to
2: donate and let us keep the lights on, that'd be awesome.:
0: Yes, that would also be cool. so, yeah, but we like doing the podcast. even if you want to just leave us a nice message on iTunes, a good comment that is that's free, and that will also help us out. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for supporting us. Thanks, Dave and Jake for coming on, and we'll see you next week..